You are listening to Church Talk with Isaac. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening from. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Church Talk with Isaac. If this is your first time listening in, I am your host, Isaac Watson. And as always, all of my subscribers, all of my downloaders, those of you who take week after week, Um, intentionally to listen in and are anticipating new episodes. I really do appreciate all of you. You are the reason why I do this week after week and uh, just uh, me wanting to be able to share uh, some of my experience, some of my insight um, to you all around the world. You have literally helped to take Church Talk with Isaac around the world. I don't even know how many um, countries Uh, have been listening um, uh, outside of the United States uh, as well as throughout the United States. But thank you all so very much for doing so. Uh, I want to jump right into today's uh, topic. But before I do that, I want you all right now, if you can, if you have not already, I want you to take a moment and rate Church Talk with Isaac, specifically if you are listening in through Apple. There's an option for you to click on the stars. I want you to click on those five stars and rate Church Talk with Isaac. And I also would like you, if you have not, to uh, write a review and share some words and encouragement and insight as to what uh, you've received from this platform as well as what others are to look forward to receiving uh, from this platform. Uh, I do read them. I do uh, from time to time. I will uh, um, I will say them and read them out loud to our viewers, to our listeners. Uh, and uh, I do appreciate them. And it helps to make this platform more visible to those who are looking for a podcast like this. The higher the rating, the more um, the more ratings you have, the more um, uh, reviews you have, the more visible this platform actually becomes when people are looking for Christian uh, podcasting. So thank you. I do appreciate that. I want to go ahead today and I want to jump right into uh, today's topic. And I want to talk today about holiness. I want to talk about holiness. I want to talk about what holiness is. I want to talk about what holiness is not. I want to talk about um, what we may have made it to be and how it may have been. um, It may have been twisted uh, a little bit or a lot of bit, uh, just depending on how much has been twisted uh, and just bringing real definition to it. Because one of the things I want to open up and say is that regardless of what people may say or think, holiness is something that is available. Holiness is something that you can actually reach. Holiness is something that you can become and something that you can live by. So what I want to do is I want to I do want to talk about this and hopefully uh, I help to give language to you. Um, So let's open up with this. Uh, righteousness versus holiness. What's the difference? Is it the same? It's as diff- is it different? What makes it different? Let's talk about this. I believe that it is God's will for everyone, all of creation, to be godly. I believe that it is God's will for humanity to experience godliness. And one of the things that we have to understand is that the purpose of holiness 
and the purpose of righteousness. And I'm going to define them later. But the purpose of these things is to express godliness, is to express godliness. Now, when I talk about godliness, I'm I'm differentiating it uh, from holiness and from righteousness. And I'm doing that for a reason, because when we talk about godliness, one of the things we have to understand is that righteousness is what leads you to godliness. All godliness begins with righteousness. All right. To be godly or or to 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 display or to express godliness, it literally means to be godlike. All right. So godliness is being godlike. Now, one of the things that I believe is that this should be something that goes beyond a theory. What do I mean by that? Many times we hear people say things like, you know, whether they're Christian or whether they're not a Christian, they, you know, you'll hear people say, I am a God or God has made us as little gods or small G gods or uh, I'm like God because I bear his image, so forth and so on. Uh, and the fact of the matter is that God doesn't just want us to to say that in theory where we say things like I am a God or I'm like God, but we don't bear godly fruit when we do that. What we're doing is that we're displaying that we understand godliness in theory, but not in lifestyle. I believe that we have to step beyond just understanding godliness in theory, and we have to begin to embrace it as a lifestyle. And that lifestyle begins with a concept. It begins with what um, scripture calls righteousness. Now, righteousness is not something that you have to work to become. All right. Righteousness is not something that 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 if you if you do good deeds, you're considered righteous. Righteousness is not an act is not what you do. Righteousness is actually who you are. It is something that we actually step into and become through faith. Galatians chapter three. Um, verses five and six says this, therefore, he who supplies the spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. So what we see is that Abraham achieved righteousness or 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 or, or, or a righteousness was accounted to Abraham, not because of his works or the works of the law, but it was accounted to him by the hearing of faith. He believed God. And his belief is what made him righteous. So what we have to understand is that righteousness does not come through your works, but righteousness comes through your faith. In some instances, when we when we talk about righteousness, um, it's just not something that we that we step into, but it's literally something that we become. Second Corinthians five says this for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So in other words, what what Paul is saying is that righteousness is not something that we do. Righteousness is who we are. Righteousness is who we have become in Christ Jesus. So you are the righteousness of God. You don't do righteous things. You don't you don't work to become righteous. You literally when you stepped into Christ, you literally became the righteousness of God. So I I need that as a foundation, because as I opened up, I said that your righteousness will lead to godliness. You understanding who you are as a righteousness 
as the righteousness of God, it will lead you to to manifesting or revealing the godliness of God, the the uh, uh, the godly nature of God in and through your life and in and through your lifestyle. Now, we're talking about holiness. Right. So when we when I when I talk about holiness in some instances, holiness and righteousness can be interchangeable. They can be used interchangeably. Right. So when I refer to uh, your righteousness or your holiness, both are expressed in Scripture. Hear me. Both are expressed in Scripture as something that you come into through your relationship in Christ. So once you are um, saved or 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 once you actually through your faith receive Jesus Christ, he sanctifies you, meaning he separates you. And um, that word separate or sanction is where we get the word holy or holiness from. So you are made holy through the washing of the word, through the washing of Jesus Christ, the word of Christ, sanctifying you and separating you and you become the right righteousness of God in and through Christ Jesus. Now, that's one way of looking at your righteousness. All right. Second Timothy says this. Therefore, second Timothy eight uh, through nine, it says, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel, according to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. So there is a holiness that we attain um, because the calling of God or when God calls us unto him, that calling itself is a holy calling or it is a calling unto holiness. All right. So that's one way of looking at it, that because you're in Christ, you are made righteous interchangeably with you are made holy, meaning that you have been sanctioned. You been called unto a holy calling. Now, that's one way of looking at holiness and it's a it's it's a completely accurate way of looking at holiness. However, there's another way to look at holiness, all right? Holiness is not only something that you step into or something that you become because you've been called into Christ, but holiness is also a responsibility. Now, I opened up and I said that righteousness leads to godliness, right? So one of the things that we have to understand is that the responsibility of holiness also leads to godliness. What do I mean by that? When you understand that you're righteous, that you have become the righteousness of God, there is a responsibility that comes with that righteousness. Or let me say it this way. There's a, there is a responsibility that flows from that righteousness that leads you unto a lifestyle of holiness or the responsibility of holiness, which then leads you unto godliness. Let me say it a different way. All right. When we talk about godliness or becoming God like this is what godliness is. Righteousness plus holiness equals godliness. Righteousness plus holiness equals godliness. Again, righteousness is who you are. But holiness then becomes how you live because of who you are. And and and, and when both of those are embraced, you then embrace godliness or a godlike life. All right. Now, I'm not saying this. I, I'm not saying that you can work your way to become a righteous or you can work your way to be considered holy. No, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. Works alone does not make you holy. 
All right. Now we've been we've been taught, depending on your background, we've been taught that holiness is, is no makeup and holiness is no earrings for men and holiness is no tattoos and holiness is is whatever. Holiness is is no pants for women, so forth and so on. But this is the thing. Your works do not make you holy. Your holiness is a byproduct of your righteousness. What do, what do I mean by that? When you try to um, live a particular way or live according to works or live uh, in a way to where you um, you do things in order to obtain a sense of acceptance from God, what you're literally doing is you are you are you are only modifying your behavior. It's called behavioral modification. But behavioral modification has never changed anyone. Behavior modification has never made anyone righteous. Behavior modification has never made anyone like God. Behavior modification only brings a sense of suppression and it only brings a sense of restriction where the gospel of grace has always been intended to bring empowerment unto righteous living. So this is the thing that we have to understand. Changing what you do do not make you holy. However, your lifestyle. Let me say it this way. Whenever you have a lifestyle issue, it is a manifestation or a revelation that you have an identity issue. Your lifestyle is the is the is the manifestation or it is it is it is the result of you understanding who you are. So if you don't have a, a full revelation of who you are as a son or daughter of God or a full revelation of who you are as the righteousness of God, your lifestyle is going to reflect it. But when you have a revelation of who you are as the righteousness of God, your lifestyle will begin to reflect that revelation. So in other words, I don't live a particular way to become holy or to become righteous. I live a particular way because I understand that I have been made righteous through my own faith. So, I mean, it's really a revelation of where you live. Whenever we're dealing with sin, it's never a revelation primarily of what you do. It's a revelation of from what reality you live from. When you live from the reality of faith, your lifestyle will then begin to reflect that revelation or that reality. All right. Holiness is something that is important to God. All right. So when we talk about our lifestyle where there is a lifestyle issue, it is inevitably rooted in an identity issue. All right. So how do I define holiness? How do I define holiness? I believe that holiness is living by faith and living by love. When you live by faith and you live by love, it demonstrates your authority over the lust of the flesh because you begin to live above the flesh. All right. Galatians chapter five. I'm not going to read all of it, but Galatians chapter five. If you look at verses 13 through 26, it talks about how we have been called to liberty. All right. That uh, only do not use liberty as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another for all of the law is fulfilled in one word. Even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, beware lest you become consumed by one another. And then it talks about in verse 16 how we are to walk in the spirit 
And if we do that, we will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. This is what we have to understand. That word walk, when it says that if you walk in the spirit, that word in the Greek, it means to walk around or to walk in a complete circuit going full circle. So it means to walk in a complete circuit going full circle. It means to fully conduct yourself. So in other words, what Paul is saying is that we are to fully conduct ourselves in the spirit. If you fully conduct yourself in the spirit, you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. All right. If you go on, it talks about how the flesh lusts against the spirit, the spirit against the flesh. They're contrary to one another. It talks about what the what the what the works of the flesh are. And then it goes on and talks about what the fruit of the spirit is. And then this is what it says in verse 24. It says in those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Now, this is what this is saying when it says, let us not become conceited because we are because we live in the spirit. Let us walk in the spirit. Literally, what that means is if we if we have given our lives to a life in the spirit, then we have to align ourselves with the ways of the spirit. We have to become sensitive to the movement of the spirit. And then it says this, don't put confidence in yourself. Don't become conceited. That word conceited, it, it literally means boastful, but literally in a more a literal way, if you look at the Koine Greek, it means empty glory. He says, do not become empty glory. So in other words, you can be born again, hear me, be in the church and be considered empty glory. You can be considered someone who has a form of godliness, but who denies the power of the gospel or denies the power of God, the power of godliness. Now, one of the things we got to keep in mind is that Paul was speaking to the church. He wasn't talking to people who were not in church, people who were not uh, considered saved or redeemed. He was talking to people that would consider themselves saved, but they were probably religious. All right. He was talking to people and he was trying to admonish them. And he included that. He said, make sure that we don't allow us. Let us not become empty glory. Let us not become conceited because we want to display what it means to live a godly lifestyle in the earth, what it looks like to walk in the spirit, to live in the spirit, to walk in the spirit and to not fulfill the lust of the flesh. When I talk about holiness, one of the things we have to understand is that holiness is a declaration of the finished work of Jesus to the powers of sin and darkness. When you live a holy life, you are living a life of testimony and there's no stronger testament. There's no stronger testimony of the grace of God, then listen to me, a holy lifestyle, a holy life. Let me say that again. There's no stronger testament of the grace of God than a holy life. This is why I say that holiness is living by faith and living by love. Galatians chapter five, verse six says this, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything, but faith working through love faith working through love that is what matters in christ christ is not about circumcision it's not about uncircumcision those things make absolutely nothing available to you but faith working through love is what causes um, all things to avail for you in christ jesus this is literally what that means Faith's motivation, inspiration, and environment is love. 
So when we whatever we do, we do by faith. Whatever we do, we do by faith, which is motivated in love. We live by faith. So holiness is about faith is not about dodging sin. Holiness is about living by faith. Romans chapter 14 says this, whatever is not of faith is sin. So one of the things that we have to do is change the way that we think, change the way that we live from living so sin conscious that we are no longer pursuing godliness. But when you truly live a life of holiness, you have set your affection, your attention, your focus, your paradigm on living in the realm of faith. And when you live that way, you do not have to dodge or try to continually live a life where you plan dodgeball with sin. And all of these things are things that are activated. These are things that are motivated through love. Let me go ahead and give you a couple more verses. I'm going to bring it to an end. Second Peter three, verse 11 says this. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? This is what is saying that we ought to present ourselves to live a particular lifestyle of holy conduct and godliness. First Peter, chapter one, verse 13 through 16. This is what it says. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ as obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lusts as in your ignorance. But as he who has called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct because it is written, be holy for I am holy. So now what we see is that holiness is a command. We are commanded to be holy and to be holy. Uh, Peter begins to describe and begins to explain that when we have fully put our rest and our hope upon the grace that is in Christ Jesus, we are not to conform ourselves to the former lust that we walked in in our ignorance. Uh, Hebrews said it this way. No, not Hebrews. I'm sorry. Romans chapter 12 said it this way. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Peter said the exact same thing. Do not conform yourself to the former lust as in your ignorance, because he who called you is holy. Therefore, you ought to live a holy lifestyle as well. Ephesians chapter four, verse 20 says this 20 through 24. But you have not so learned Christ. If indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that and that you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. So the new man was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. This is a responsibility that's given to you. But the responsibility actually is made easy when you learn how to live your life in faith and not by works. I mean, this topic is still such a very talked about large and exhaustive topic because there are so many different denominations, so many different standards, so many different rules within what we have made the church or the body of Christ. Uh, and the fact of the matter is that the key to righteous living, the key to holiness, holy living and the key to godliness or having or 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 um, manifesting a God nature is to live by faith. Simple as that. Live by faith in love. Sim simple as that. So this is something that we have to begin uh, to embrace, to meditate on, to submit ourselves to 
Well, we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. All right, listen, I hope that this episode helped you. I hope it blessed you. Um, listen, this topic, man, is, is something that's important to me because for so many years, I tried to fulfill my own holiness by my own works. And what I found myself doing is failing every single time, failing every single time and it's just this cycle and i felt like you know i i was going in circles you got me going in circles round and round and round that's 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 what i was going through for years until i got a revelation that i am the son of a son of god the righteousness of god and my works flows through my identity and i don't work to become something I live because a particular way because I already am who God has called me to be. So listen, I hope this blessed you. I hope you all have a great week. Until next time, talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to Church Talk with Isaac. If you enjoy our content and benefit from this podcast, do me a favor and subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends, family, and colleagues. I'm also on all social media platforms and would love to connect with you. You can also partner with us by visiting IsaacWatsonMinistries.com and clicking donate. Your partnership helps us to get the message of Jesus through Isaac Watson Ministries to the world. Talk to you soon.